Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Sunday, July 15th, 2018. I am Dan Rubin. This is Bucknuts Almost Live. Glad to be back with you after a short break. Got a great show coming for you today. We will be joined, as always, by Bill Kerlick, the Dean of Ohio State Recruiting. Who is left in 2019? What is being done to finish out the class? Who could be in there? We'll take a look at Bill's remaining 2019 crystal ball picks and then what needs Ohio State has, who will fill those spots possibly. And then we'll be joined, as always, by Matt Baxendale for his unique take on the Buckeyes. But we would be remiss if we did not start the show today with basketball. And when we do that, you know something good has happened. Ohio State has secured a commitment from five-star point guard D.J. Carton out of Bettendorf, Iowa, for the class of 2019. Just an unbelievable pull for Chris Holtman and crew. He spent the last several days at Ohio State. He was down to Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio State. D.J. Carton is a five-star, six-foot-one player, kind of a late emerging prospect in the recruiting cycle as it went. But this is another example that Holtman, early example in his tenure, that this has just been a home run hire. There's no question that Carton is a Mike Conley, D'Angelo, Russell-level talent. It's just an incredible deal to get the number one point guard that you're targeting. You put a ton of effort into getting this guy. To get a five-star like this in a direct battle against Archie Miller at Indiana, John Beeline at Michigan, really a true head-to-head, keep-the-last-visit theory of commitment going kind of deal. Biggest recruit they've gotten in some time, there's no question about that. Alonzo Gaffney is a really strong player. I don't think he's the player that Carton is. Not only that, it's kind of like having a quarterback in football. Once you have the point guard of your program, I think it really takes on a, a better direction, a more consistent direction. The only complaints I've heard about Carton, uh, why didn't he have offers from places like Carolina, Duke, or Kansas if he was a five-star? I think he's a little bit of a late-emerging prospect, as I mentioned earlier. He's also from Iowa, which is not exactly uh, – prime recruiting territory for those schools, unless you're talking about someone like Harrison Barnes. Carton is not a freakish athlete. If you watch some highlights, he's still dunking and such at 6'1". He's not your elite leaper or such. He's still a plenty good athlete. I think that might be one of the reasons UNC, Duke, and Kansas didn't offer. But he is tough, smart. He's also left-handed. And if you watch that, that's good for five points every game. He has people confused on which way he's going. I also think he's one of those players that's still getting better. If I were have to predict his career at Ohio State, I think he starts day one. I think he leaves probably for the NBA after his sophomore year and does so as, if not a lottery talent, somewhere in there and, and close. He's also mentioned how he's helping to recruit E.J. Liddell, his buddy from the Midwest, from St. Louis, who's a power forward in this class. Ohio State is seriously targeting, kind of reminds me of the next Antoine Jameson. You knew it was good news. It was basketball. We've been talking point guard for, it feels like, years here. We hope you enjoyed a little hoops to start your Sunday. We'll be back with Bill Curlick. A, B, C. A, always B, B, C, closing. Always be closing. Always be closing. As promised, we are back with the dean himself, Bill Curlick. Bill, how are you this fine Ohio morning? Doing well up here in Columbus. A little, uh, little overcast right now, but going to be another hot one up here. Oh, it's certainly muggy in the Gem City. We're going to talk recruiting, as, as I discussed earlier in the intro. The class of 2020, Bill has done just some tremendous work, so has the staff, I might add, on getting things together. You need to get to the site and check that out. 
Bill has in a premium spot up there predicting the class of 2020 and finishing that out. That is some quality infotainment. What we are going to do today, though, is put a bow on 2019. We are going to look at Bill's crystal ball picks that he has up for the class, and we're also going to take a look at other remaining targets and such. Bill, you have four crystal ball picks in for class of 2019 prospects. The most recent one, Peyton Powell. Why? Well, he had a great visit. He made an official visit to Ohio State uh, the weekend of June 22nd, when you know that huge recruiting weekend. It went really well. Um, I, I think there's two big factors there. I think that the, in my mind, even though uh, he is not naming them as his top two in Ohio State and Texas, I think those are two schools that uh, you know he would like, really like, uh, like to go to, have a yeah, strong interest in going to, and then there's others too. But I think those are two great schools in his mind. Um, you know, at this point, Ohio State likes him as a cornerback. Uh, could come in as an athlete, but in particular, like him as a cornerback. Um, and he knows Ohio State's track record for development of cornerbacks and and their success. And you put that with the great official visit he had, plus the fact that Texas. The other end of that is that. Texas is recruiting him as a wide receiver. It, it's a fantastic year for wide receivers, particularly in the state of Texas. Texas has already got wide receiver commitments. He's not uh, necessarily at the very top of their wide receiver board. I just think all things point to an Ohio State commitment at some point. Uh, he might take another visit before uh, an official visit somewhere, but I kind of doubt it. I think he's going to try to finish things off with a couple unofficial visits and then make his decision. And right now I like the Buckeyes. Another guy you have crystal ball, Bill, is Marcus Washington, wide receiver out of St. Louis. What made you flip the crystal ball for Ohio State? Well, uh, you know, again, you know, he, he was one of those guys that um, had a great official visit to Ohio State the weekend of June 22nd. Now, you know, I had already crystal balled him to Ohio State, but, um, you know, the visit went extremely well. Um, and I, I just think that uh, – uh, from what he's told me about everything, he really likes Ohio State. Is it a done deal that he'll be a Buckeye? No, I don't think so, uh, because he has moved things back. Uh, when I made that crystal ball, he had been thinking he was going to um, make his decision in early August. It doesn't look like unless something changes, that's going to happen. looks like he's going to go ahead and keep taking visits. But, you know, I still think that the time he had at Ohio State and how he's long felt about the Buckeyes, I think that's, you know, where he's most likely to end up going is Ohio State. We're going in chronological order here by the way of Bill's crystal balls. He did Peyton Powell on the 29th of June. Marcus Washington was the 21st of June. On the 14th of June, my heart skipped a beat for good reasons. That was your crystal ball pick for Zach Harrison. It seems to me that there's some dispute over who the, the chief competitor is for his services, a Michigan or Penn State. Why did you flip the crystal ball towards your neighbor, literally? And who is running sidecar to them, you think, right now? Well, as you mentioned, Dan, you know, some people feel that um, Penn State is the biggest threat. Some people feel Michigan is the biggest threat. The one thing we know for sure is it's those three schools, Penn State, Michigan, and, of course, Ohio State. Um, as far as the exact order, uh, Zach hasn't said that, and, and I don't necessarily expect him to say, this is my order. Um, but just from talking, and again, I, you know, I, I know Zach, I know his family, and, and I uh, live in the school district, and just from talking to everybody, um, 
it's my feeling that Penn State is still the biggest threat to Ohio State. Um, that's not to say he can't end up at Michigan. You know, he's considering Michigan still. But I just continue to feel like from everybody I've talked to that, in my opinion, Penn State is the biggest threat to Ohio State. Um, you know, having said that, why? Uh, I, I think he's going to end up at Ohio State. Several reasons. I think that the, his relationship with Larry Johnson is is, is the best of any um, of the defensive line coaches at any of the schools. Um, obviously, Ohio State is right in his backyard is another reason. And, and I just think that um, uh, what the Ohio State program can do for him, yeah, I, I think that outweighs the other programs. Not to say that they're not good programs, but being a Columbus young man, you know, I, I think that he and his family – you know, do realize what Ohio State can do for him. So I think right now the order is Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. But, again, you know, we're still over – well, we're still now a month out of when he will likely announce. That's likely on August 14th, his birthday. So, you know, we'll see. You know, if, if Zach knew for sure where he was going right now, you know, I, I think that he might not necessarily announce it because he wants to do it on his birthday. But I, I don't think he knows for sure – where he's going right this minute. I think he's going to continue to evaluate things with his family, and they've done a great job of that. The view of him running the 40 against other guys at the opening when they looked like his little brothers was spectacular. So i got to believe in the Buckeyes here. Last one came on May 17th. Shocker, another receiver from St. Louis, Jamison Williams. What about Jamison Williams made you flip that? It was a little while back. Things can change. How confident do you feel in that pick? Well, I still I wouldn't change. I'm not uh, on the verge of changing that pick. Let's say that. Um, you know, as far as am I, am I positive he's going to Ohio State? No. You know, I know uh, sometimes that. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I feel so good about somebody going to Ohio State that um, there's basically no doubt in my mind. There's not, I don't feel that way with Jameis and Williams, but I still feel good enough that I think he's going to end up at Ohio State. But he's going to. Continue to take visits. His visit to Ohio State, his official visit to Ohio State went extremely well. Um, but Ohio State's got to hold off the competition for him. Um, you know, Alabama and, and uh, the other schools, UCLA, et cetera, Nebraska, Oregon, the schools that are, you know, high on his interest list. I think, uh, you know, Ohio State's got to hold off those schools, but I continue to feel that as things stand right now, that he'll, he would pick Ohio State. All right, Bill, the class of 2019, let's finish it off here. What is the schedule for the coaches right now? What are they doing? What can uh, we expect to see? Well, you know, they've been, uh, you know, on uh, break, so to speak. And, again, I don't know that they necessarily get away from everything totally. uh, When you are a coach at Ohio State, you know, you're kind of on call uh, 24-7, so to speak. Uh, But they have been able to get away from things, vacation a little bit in a lot of cases. The dead period started June 25th. It ends July 24th. And with the end of the dead period, recruiting ratchets its back up to a very high level. There's going to be a lot of kids visiting Ohio State um, when that dead period ends. Uh, That means that fall camp is not too far off. So it's going to be, you know, football, football recruiting, uh, you know, 24-7. And it's you know, all leads into the season that, of course, Ohio State fans hope, you know, ends up with the national championship. So um, they've got about, again, you know, about a week or so, a little bit over a week to go 
when that dead period ends, and that signals full-scale recruiting and getting ready for uh, fall camp and really hitting the grind. Bill, I've got a very positive boarding house item in the arsenal coming for Monday about the rest of the class of 2019. There is a tremendous amount of interest from recruits about joining the class. If you were to say, just to finish off here, what are their largest remaining targets or kind of areas of need as we put the bow on 2019 here on the show? Well, they're in great shape uh, in a lot of positions. They're done at quarterback. Uh, They've got two outstanding running backs committed. Uh, wide receiver, obviously, finishing that off. Uh, they've got Garrett Wilson, who's just tremendous. That kid is special. He's going to be a great player for Ohio State. But they've got to finish it off with uh, a couple more at least great wide receivers. You know, not a lot of talk about tight end, but they really, really want to get an outstanding tight end in the class. Right now, Bretton Strange is at the top of the list, but that's uh, that's still got to be filled. Uh, they've got to get at least a minimum of one more offensive lineman, preferably a great offensive tackle, looks like two, uh, to finish that off. Uh, the defensive line, you know, again, Zach Harrison, that's the number one priority. But then they've got to get um, at least one great defensive tackle prospect for this class to go with the three great ones they got last year. Linebacker, they're really in good shape. Um, you know, they got Kane Patterson, uh, they got Kate Stover, and then they've got, uh, obviously Craig Young. I think that'd be my pick as a position, as far as a position for him, is be linebacker at Ohio State. So I don't think that they're, uh, that's a big priority with what they have now. Uh, the defensive backfield though, uh, they still want to get at least one more outstanding cover cornerback, and that guy would be Peyton Powell that they'd like. But they'd like to add, Again, at least one more, uh, a couple is possibility. So those are kind of the remaining needs. And, and it, again, I, you know, I, Ohio State's got the number six class in the country, but sometimes you, you kind of wonder when you read on the front row, people feel this is a down year for recruiting. Well, you're number six in the country and have a chance to finish even higher. If that's a down year, that's a pretty good down year. It's a very true statement by the dean. They don't call him the dean for nothing. You cannot get a better look at 2019 than you just got. We appreciate the dean stopping by. We will be back with Matt Baxendale. You want some advice? Well, yeah. Well, here's all you need to know. Classes, nothing before 11. Beer, it's your best friend. You drink a lot of it. Women, you're freshmen, so it's pretty much out of the question. We have a car? Um, no. It's someone on your hall will. Find them and make friends with them on the first day. Finishing off strong here with the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. Bax, how goes it for you this Sunday morning? Oh, pretty spectacular, Dan. I'm getting on a plane to Las Vegas tonight, so uh, life is good. Wow. I will be going to Vegas myself in a couple weeks for a hoops tournament, but I'll be traveling with my family, so that should keep me honest. You won't be, so we don't want to go into that. What we do want to go (laughs) into, and I started the show with it, basketball if we're starting the Sunday show with hoops, you know something good has happened, as I referred to earlier. DJ Carton, five-star point guard out of Bettendorf, Iowa, is a Buckeye. I gave a bunch of reasons why I thought it was cool and important. Back, why is this a big deal for the hoops team? Well, first of all, because it's, we stick it to Iowa, because after last year we still owe the only wrong sport. Um, <laughs> this is a huge deal. Uh, we've talked about this with Chris wondering how this is going to go, and ever since he has come to Ohio State, it seems like every move is the right move. Like, he hasn't done anything wrong. And everything is just showing this almost immediate rebuild of the program, 
which I don't think anybody could have anticipated. Nobody expected a tournament team last year. Nobody expected the recruiting to go the way it has. And, frankly, Ohio State beat out conference rivals for one of the top point guards in the country. He's the highest-rated recruit Ohio State basketball has landed since D'Angelo Russell. We all know how well D'Angelo Russell worked out for Ohio State. This is, you know, this is one. This is a big-time player. This is the kind of guy who usually ends up at a Duke, who usually ends up at a Kansas, who usually ends up at one of those kind of programs, and he's coming to Ohio State. And if you remember under the days of Thad Mata, when things were at their apex, that was the time when Ohio State was getting those kind of recruits, not just the Odins and the Conleys, but the Cooks. You know, you had, you had the B.J. Mullins guys. You had uh, big-name players like Jared Sollinger. Uh, you know, those guys coming to Ohio State. Getting back to the top of the recruiting world in college hoops is a big deal, and it's one of the fastest ways you're going to keep this amazing program turnaround that Holtman is apparently in the middle of engineering going. And right now they have the number four class in the entire country for Carton's class, with him, of course, being the, the big-time guy coming in. So, you know, it's just it's a testament to the amazing job that Chris Holtman's doing. His assistant coaches, uh, you know, you, you've got – Guys like Skinny Penn that are helping out with that program that are doing a phenomenal job. And, look, we're talking about basketball when football season's coming close. That's not a knock on basketball. Everybody knows the Buckner's built around the fact that we're nuts for football. But this is a, a huge thing for the future of Ohio State basketball. And I know you're a basketball guy, Dan, so you're even more hyped about this than most. But this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. And even if you're one of those, well, I hope we do okay at basketball, let me know when the tournament comes around kind of people. Well, when the tournament comes around in two years, DJ Cart is a starting point guard for a really good Ohio State team, you're going to be very, very happy. You basically summed up what I said earlier just more eloquently. It's a huge pickup. It's, like I said, it's like getting a quarterback for your program. It gives you direction. It gives you focus. It takes a lot of pressure off the staff because this was the lion's share of their recruiting time. I have to imagine was spent making sure they had Carton locked up. Another nice thing and a little hidden thing about this is you've got two open weekends now coming up, so they don't have to actually worry about showing FaceTime as much to Carton, and they can focus on other guys in the class like E.J. Liddell, which is awesome. Do you think he's a one-and-done kid? Because that seems to be what everybody seems to be inferring from the commitment picture he put up, which had, of course, two other one-and-done guys and D'Angelo Russell and Mike Conley in it. Do you think we get him for more than a year, or are we just going to be lucky to get him for one year? Yeah, I put that. Uh, in my intro, I think he's a two-and-done type kid. I mean, he's a really good athlete, but he's not Colin Sexton. He's probably a better athlete than Trey Young, but that's a whole other discussion. I do think he's a two-year kid, but he's definitely an early entry-level point guard, day one starter. I don't care who else is on the team. I don't see him as a one-and-donner. But that said, I didn't see, I didn't see D'Angelo Russell as a one-and-donner. Circumstances can you know conspire. If he comes in and has a great year, like you mentioned, I do think he is a kid that would be, I'd be suspect of going one and done. That's one of those issues where it's kind of like a good problem to have. If he's so good that he's leaving after his freshman year, it's going to be like Russell where it's like, what can you do? Uh, wish the guy luck and ask to borrow some money. Let's talk some football. Oh, usually a lot of drama among recruiting, especially not that gets to the media among recruits. But this whole Doug Nestor, Darnell Wright uh, kerfuffle or whatever it is has been kind of interesting. What's your vibe on the Two offensive linemen who obviously uh, don't exchange fruitcakes come Christmas time. Yeah, this is, this is the wild world of recruiting. We're concerned about two kids in Huntington, West Virginia, who don't like each other, right? <laughs> um, you know, it's 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 weird. It has it's, it it echoes of 
for the long-term folks who will remember this, it's Shades of Prescott Burgess. And by that, I mean, this was a, Prescott Burgess was a kid who was one of the top commits in the state of Ohio, right? Uh, like in 2003 or four or one of those years, right? Except he was never going to come to Ohio State because he hated Maurice Claret's guts, specifically because Maurice Claret stole his girlfriend. Now, I don't know if Nestor or Wright stole each other's girlfriends. It seems to be just more of a sports rivalry and two big-time athletes in a little town that doesn't usually produce any big-time athletes. But it's it seems really similar. Like, they have this blood feud. And I'd, I'd love to know the full details of why they hate each other. It's just a petty teenager thing. Um, but it's a legitimate thing in their recruitment. I, I think a lot of people feel like Darnell Wright would have been potentially even in the fold already for OSU if it wasn't for the fact that he hates Doug Nestor and vice versa. Um, so, you know, there's stories out there about the OSU staff telling Nestor, hey, fix this, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's certainly going to be interesting to see how it pans out. Uh, you know, there's chatter that you got a guy like Wright who's considering some other programs. Uh, luckily, it doesn't seem like he's considering going to Michigan just to spite Doug Nestor. But I, I know their, their coaching staff has some UT ties. Tennessee's pushing hard for him, and there's a couple other programs in the fight for one of the top pro, or top offensive tackles in the entire country. But, you know, that's the thing with recruiting is just that, like, the coaches can't comment on stuff until players are signed. And if you ask Urban Meyer on National Signing Day what the deal was with Darnell Wright if he goes somewhere else and why Doug Nestor and him don't get along, you're not going to get a straight answer. You'll probably get a, I don't talk about kids who didn't come here kind of answer. So we're kind of left to infer and dig. It's the gray area of recruiting, if you will. So, you know, it adds to the drama. But I think that's something that right now in a relatively drama-free summer from an Ohio State perspective, uh, though the drama is ramping up as we approach Zach Harrison's commitment date, which most of us think he's going to be a Buckeye, but there's that 5% uncertainty that kind of has that one a little hazy with Ohio's top recruit. The Nestor and Wright saga is certainly the most fun and TMZ style thing going on in recruiting for football right now. No questions. Uh, we appreciate backstopping by. I'll finish with this. If Darnell Wright really thinks Ohio State is the best spot for him to play college football and is not coming because of Doug Nestor, I got to say, this is just my opinion. I am then suspect of Darnell Wright and the people surrounding him because that is not a good enough reason to interrupt a chance to play football at Ohio State if it's your number one choice. That does not make any sense to me. Hopefully, it works out in Ohio State's favor and everybody can hug it out. Have a good one, Bucknutter.